nothing and a small Bible, and her last request was that I would never forget to read a chapter every day and say my prayers. Soon afterwards, I went on board the Arrow, which was a fine, large ship, and set sail for the islands of the Pacific Ocean. It was a bright, beautiful, warm day when our ship spread her canvas to the breeze and sailed for the regions of the south. The first thing that struck me as being different from anything I had yet seen during my short career on the sea was the hoisting of the anchor on deck and lashing it firmly down with ropes, as if we had now bid adieu to the land forever and would require its services no more. There were a number of boys in the ship, but two of them were my special favourites. Jack Martin was a tall, strapping, broad-shouldered youth of eighteen, with a handsome, good-humoured, firm face. He had had a good education, was clever and hearty and lion-like in his actions, but mild and quiet in disposition. Jack was a general favourite and had a peculiar fondness for me. My other companion was Peterkin Gay. He was little quick, funny, decidedly mischievous, and about fourteen years old. But Peterkin's mischief was almost always harmless, else he could not have been so much beloved as he was. "'Hullo, youngster!' cried Jack Martin, giving me a slap on the shoulder the day I joined the ship. "'Come below, and I'll show you your berth. You and I are to be messmates, and I think we shall be good friends, for I like the look of you.' Jack was right. He and I, and Peterkin afterwards, became the best and staunchest friends that ever tossed together on the stormy waves. Thus we proceeded on our voyage, sometimes bounding merrily before a fair breeze, at other times floating calmly on the glassy waves and fishing for the curious inhabitants of the deep, all of which, although the sailors thought little of them, were strange and interesting and very wonderful to me. At last we came among the coral islands of the Pacific, and I shall never forget the delight with which I gazed when we chanced to pass one at the pure, white, dazzling shores and the verdant palm trees which looked bright and beautiful in the sunshine. One night, soon after we entered the tropics, an awful storm burst upon our ship, the first squall of wind carried away two of our masts, and left only the foremost standing. Even this, however, was more than enough, for we did not dare to hoist a rag of sail on it. For five days the tempest raged in all its fury. Everything was swept off the decks except one small boat. The captain said that he had no idea where we were, as we had been blown far out of our course and we feared much that we might get among the dangerous coral reefs which are so numerous in the Pacific. At daybreak, on the sixth morning of the gale, we saw land ahead. It was an island encircled by a reef of coral on which the waves broke in fury. There was calm water within this reef, but we could see only one narrow opening into it. For this opening we steered, but ere we reached it, a tremendous wave broke on our stern, tore the rudder completely off, 
and left us at the mercy of the winds and waves. It's all over with us now, lads, said the captain to the men. Get the boat ready to launch. We shall be on the rocks in less than half an hour. Come, boys, said Jack Martin in a grave tone to Peterkin and me, as we stood on the quarter-deck awaiting our fate. Come, boys. We three shall stick together. You see, it is impossible that the little boat can reach the shore crowded with men. It will be sure to upset. So I mean rather to trust myself to a large oar. What say you? Will you join me? We gladly agreed to follow Jack, for he inspired us with confidence, although I could perceive, by the sad tone of his voice, that he had little hope. The ship was now very near the rocks. The men were ready with the boat, and the captain beside them giving orders, when a tremendous wave came towards us. We three ran towards the...